0: Hey, folks, it's Charles Maxwood, and I am here with another podcast episode. Now, you might be getting this as the regular podcast episode this week, or you might be getting it as a bonus episode this week. The reason you might be getting it as a bonus episode is because I have gotten a ton of feedback from some of the regular episodes, the filler episodes that I put in, you know, where I was just talking about some of my experience, you know, as a freelancer or a programmer, and some of the things that I've done over the years that have opened up opportunities to me that have really identified or people have really identified with. And so I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about A, how I doubled my freelancing rate on the second client I ever got. And I'm also going to talk about how as a new-ish programmer with only three years experience, how I got three different clients to come my way. I didn't go talk to them. I didn't go seek them out. I didn't go apply. I didn't submit a statement of work or anything. They came to me because they wanted me. Okay. And I'm going to talk about how to do that. And the reason is, is because I'm actually coaching a few people for the Dev Heroes Accelerator that are... They're basically in that position and they're looking for me to help them either start their freelancing career doing this, right, or to enhance it. Did you work your tail off to get that senior developer gig just to realize that senior dev doesn't actually mean dream job? I've been there, too. My first senior developer job was at a place where all of our triumphs were the bosses and all the failures were ours. The second one was a great place to continue to learn and grow, only for it to go under due to poor management. And now I get job offers from great places to work all the time. Not only that, but the last job interview I actually sat in was a discussion about how much my podcast had helped the people interviewing me. If you're looking for a way to get into your dream job, then join our Dev Heroes Accelerator. Not only will we help you get the kind of exposure that makes you attractive to your dream employer, but you'll be able to ask them for top dollar as well. Check it out at devheroesaccelerator.com. Anyway, I'm going to talk about that. But first, I really want to just mention that if you're getting this on the main as the main episode this week, it probably means that we need hosts for this show. Okay. So. What that means is if you go to devchat.tv slash hosts and you put your information in that I will take that information and I will probably reach out to you and we will have a conversation about whether or not you are a good fit for a host on the show. If you are a freelancer who's looking to have customers come to you instead of you trying to find them, then stay tuned and also go check out devchat.tv slash hero because devchat.tv/hero is the place where you can go and apply to be part of the dev heroes accelerator where i will teach you how to set up your podcast so that you can also drive the same kind of traffic back to your website so that they can find your phone number and punch it in and give you a call and give you money all right sound good all right well let me talk about how i went freelance cuz it's kind of a funny story and i think it's indicative sometimes of the way that things go okay So I was working at this job and it was like the best job I'd ever had, right? I graduated college, went for work for a company. They got acquired. Everybody lost their heads because they wanted to move up in the company. And I was in kind of a director role. So I I was like, forget this. I'm going to go do development. They wouldn't let me do development. QA, things continued to just not be the place I wanted to be. So I cashed out my options. I left there. I went and worked at another place. They were terrific. They were a consultancy. I worked one contract. I had a great mentor. If you've listened to Ruby Rogues, it's Nate Hopkins. He's awesome. I love the guy. I owe him a ton. And uh, yeah, I worked for him for about six months. And then that contract ended and I wound up on another contract. And I worked on that one for about six months. And then that contract ended. Both of them incidentally ended because the company's had financial concerns. One of them just ran out of money, like straight up ran out of money. Like they they were no longer a company. The other one, they were heavily dependent on their other business ventures on the Google algorithms and the Google, Google algorithms changed and they, they just had to press pause on that product for a little while. And I don't think they ever came back and finished it. But anyway, so I got called into my boss's office, got laid off, right? I'll talk about that later because it's part of another story And that'll be like the how I got laid off and rehired in six hours, right? I was unemployed for six hours. But anyway, so the next job I got, I worked at this lead gen place. I was there for about a year. My boss was a nice guy to your face, unless you didn't do what he wanted. And then he was kind of a jerk. I put up with his garbage for about a year. And then I just had it. And I went and worked for this place. And it was awesome. It was the best place ever. My team was terrific. I didn't mind doing the flash work when I had to go and pair with the flash guys. I, you know, my boss was awesome. I worked with David Brady, and he was another terrific mentor for me. You know, the work was interesting. It, I felt like we were making a difference there. I mean, all the things you tick off the box. I want to work for a place that tick, 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 right? I was making more money than I'd ever made in my life. You know, you get the idea. It was a startup, so it was still lean and mean and fun and they hired this marketing manager he came in took the company in a direction customers started leaving and they started losing money and you know the board basically came in and replaced the CTO replaced the CEO and told them to lay off a whole bunch of people and i got cut okay so i looked at my wife and i'm like well if i love the job i can't keep it and if i hate the job they threaten me when i leave right and that, that was my history. That was my work history up to that point. I'd been a programmer for three years and I was like, bosses suck, right? And the ones that don't suck, I can't keep. So I don't want to be a programmer in a job anymore, right? I want to go freelance. And of course, you know, all the alarm bells go off in her head as far as security go. And so, you know, we had a lot of conversations. And yeah, so eventually I just looked at her and said, look, well, you know we, we had gotten a bonus because we had done the death march which is like 80 hour weeks for like three or four weeks right before that plus we, plus I got a severance so we had a, a bit of money you know not a ton of money like a month's worth of money um and so I said look when that money's gone I'll get a job and so what what I was trying to do was extend that money with contracts while I you know essentially looked for a job so I got my first contract and I bid 60 60 dollars an hour on the job, which is if you live in the US, unless you're like brand spanking new, $60 is not enough. Like for three years of experience, uh, you can get at least double that. I didn't know that. So I bid $60 an hour and I got the gig, right? And so I was working part-time for a development company here in American Fork that was working, you know, they were doing a contract, an e-commerce contract for another big name celebrity that was doing this e-commerce project. Right. And it was more a project for him than a moneymaker. And I signed an NDA as far as like who it was and what it was. And I don't even know if I could come up with the name of the website if I tried. I think I remember it, but I'm under NDA. I don't know. I don't know what the terms were of it. And to be honest, it's just not worth it. But it was an interesting project. Right. So I worked on that for a while. And, you know, I'm still in this place, right, where I've got to make that severance money last long enough to overcome you know, any income deficits, right? So I don't have to go back and get this job. Because if I had to go get another job, I just, you know, I, I had no confidence that I wasn't gonna wind up in another crappy situation. And at the same time, I should back up and explain that. So this was in 2010. And in 2008, I had found podcasting, okay? Or I had started podcasting. I interviewed Greg Pollock, and then I interviewed James Edward Gray. You know people that you've heard of, if you've you know followed my podcasting journey or listened to Ruby Rogues. I interviewed DHH before then because I interviewed him about a year into podcasting, and after I'd been podcasting for six, seven months, Eric Berry turned Teach Me to Code screencasts over to me because he'd gotten interested in Groovy and Grails, and the Teach Me to Code audience really wasn't interested in Grails, and so he just. Handed it off, right? Transferred the domain name, gave me the keys to the website, you know, go for it, have fun. And so I started making videos, right? He had a lot more experience than me. So, you know, the the videos were much more about new, new programmer stuff than anything else, right? But anyway, so 2010 rolls around, I get laid off. I've got a whole bunch of videos out there. I've got all of Eric's videos. I've got a bunch of videos from other people that Eric had recruited early on to make videos for him. I mean, the last few years worth of videos were all me, right? I hadn't gone and tried to recruit anybody. The the podcast were the podcast was reasonably popular. You know, we had a few hundred people listening. I think maybe 500 at the most, right? Cuz podcasting was still pretty new. So, you know, didn't have a ton of listeners and podcasting was still kind of finding its its stride, so to speak. So, anyway, that's kind of where I was when I got laid off. And so I get this gig and at the same time, I mean, teach me to code the screencasts actually had more traction than the podcasts, which is totally different now. And and in fact, if I were to start now, I would start out with a podcast. Um, There's way less competition and you can build much more of a relationship with your audience than you can over screencasts or with a blog. So anyway, for what it's worth, that's where I'd go. And that's what I'm teaching people to do in the Dev Heroes Accelerator, devchat.tv slash hero. Anyway, so yeah, so anyway, so I uh, got going with with all this stuff. So you know, I think I had a few days, you know, went and hung out with my programmer friends to see what they were doing. A few of them had gotten laid off from other companies around the same time. So yeah, so I get this gig. We're doing sixty dollar an hour work. Um, I'm doing a hundred and something dollar an hour work for sixty dollars an hour, and it's just it's not enough, right? the The phrase I always use is, "I have to fill my bucket," right? I've got a mortgage, I've got lights, I've got kids, right? And so I've got to be able to pay for all that stuff. I got to fill the bucket, right? And, uh, you know, maybe my fill line also includes a trip every year or, you know, something else, right? You know, whatever, whatever your situation is, right? You've got a bucket and you've got a fill line in that bucket and you've got to hit that fill line. And for me, if I didn't hit that fill line, when the bucket was empty, I was going to go get a job and hope that it didn't suck, right? And, and I was pretty sure that it was going to suck. So I was going to do everything I could to not be in that position. And so I put my phone number up on teachmetocode.com and, you know, just basically said, hire me. and <laughs> had my phone number and my picture. I mean, that was it. It was blue. It had this funky font on it. I don't know why I used that font. It looked weird. It was actually kind of hard to read, Right. And I had this funky cartoon picture of my head on it. Uh, I got to go find that thing. I mean, don't, don't ask me why, you know, because I, I don't know. I was super new at this. But yeah, so, but I put it up, right? And at the same time, you know, I was reaching out to everybody I knew. And one of the guys that I wound up reaching out to, his name was June, June Yu. And he was one of the guys that had done a video for Eric for Teach Me to Code you know, way back before I took it over. And he'd been following the video series and the podcast and he had kind of become a fan. And it, it's still weird to me when people tell me they're fans. It's weird to me when people tell me I'm famous because I walk out my front door and nobody looks at me twice, right? So, you know, I don't feel famous. I don't know what it feels like to walk out the door and have people actually recognize you. And even when I was going to conferences, you know, it it was it was just a good way to start conversations. I didn't ever feel like I was, you know, set on a pedestal or anything even then. So, and honestly, I think that'd be creepy. So anyway, so yeah, so he, he reaches out and, you know, we had chatted a few other times. He actually wound up covering a hotel room for me to go to RubyConf in uh, New Orleans, right? Because I'd gotten a ticket. That's another story too. I, I got a ticket, I think, because of Teach Me to Code, but I could not afford both the airfare and hotel, and so I think he covered the hotel and I covered the airfare. So super, super guy. I I really, really appreciate all the people who you know helped and supported me over the years with this stuff. But anyway, so so yeah, so I'm out there in June. I reach out to him, and he puts me in touch with Brian Mariani, and Brian runs. Mirror placement and you know, the ROR in Mirror is Ruby on Rails, right? And so that was all he was doing. All he was doing was finding Ruby on Rails gigs for people. And when I say gigs, I mean full time jobs, right? He was doing Ruby on Rails recruitment, solely Ruby on Rails recruitment, right? And so his deal was we need a Ruby on Rails developer full time, and he would go find them. And he had kind of stumbled across this contract with Gannett Press and I, for the life of me, I've been trying to remember the name of the website and it's probably going to come to me, you know, I'll be sitting here at the end of the episode and it'll be, oh yeah, it's called this. Um, But anyway, so it's this website and it it was kind of like this eclectic coverage of uh, San Francisco uh, owned by Gannett Press, Uh, the Bold Italic, that's what it was called, the Bold Italic, okay. So he comes to me and he says, hey, look, I've got this maintenance contract And, you know, all the people that I'm recruiting are looking for full-time jobs. So are you interested in this 10-hour-per-week contract with the Bolt Italic and with Gannett Press? And I was like, yeah. You know, the other contract I had bid $60 an hour on, and then all of my experienced freelancer friends were like, what did you do? Right? And so, yeah, I wound up doubling my freelance rate just going to Gannett Press because, I told them I wanted 120 bucks an hour. And they were like, mm, okay. And mostly so, so the folks at Bold Italic really weren't technical experts. And so they were counting on Brian essentially to vet whoever they brought he brought to them. And then they were probably just gonna hire whoever it was, and that's more or less what happened. The the thing that was interesting was that I didn't get put through the ringer by Brian, even though his reputation was kind of on the line. And the reason was was because at that time I had a hundred and something podcast episodes and I probably had as many videos on my website. And so he, you know, he he just hooked me up with the contract, right? Because he already knew who I was and what I was capable of, right? Because I had shown it on a video. And so, you know, do you do you know how to do well? Yeah, you know, you can watch me do it on the video. And uh, you know, so so that just hooked up and and worked out really well and it was because of the introduction from one person who watched my content to another person who was aware of my content right and and that's the thing that's really interesting is is that all of these doors have opened up over the years you know going to conferences and meeting people and i mean i when i say going to conferences i have been invited to and had all of my meals hotel and airfare paid for by companies that wanted me at their events right? I've been listed as sponsors at events that I didn't pay the sponsorship freight on. I showed up and actually added something to the conference in exchange for the sponsorship because of the content. Okay. So, I mean, there are all these opportunities that open up. So anyway, so this opens up for me and all of a sudden my bucket goes from, you know, you've you've got three weeks worth of money in the bucket and it's dribbling out the bottom to, hey, you're holding steady, right? In other words, if you keep trickling money in at the rate you're doing it, it's never going to run out. And that was because of this contract. And so all of a sudden, this worry that I had about whether or not I had to go back and get a job that I didn't know I'd love went away. And it went away because of the opportunities that came out of having this content, right? And so if you're freelancing and you're out there and part of a community that can bring you work, holy crap, there are so many opportunities for you. Have you ever wondered if you could be offering a faster, less buggy experience for your customers? I mean, let's face it, the only way you're going to know that is by actually running it on production. So go figure it out, right? You run it on production, but you need something plugged in so that you can find out where those issues are, where it's slowing down, where it's having bugs. You just, you need something like that there. And Raygun is awesome at this. They, They just added the performance monitoring, which is really slick and it works like a breeze. I, I just, I love it. I love it. It's like, it's like you get the ray gun and you zap the bugs. It's anyway, definitely go check it out. It's going to save you a ton of time, a ton of money, a ton of sanity. I mean, let, let's face it. grepping through logs is no fun and having people not able to tell you that it's too slow because they got sidetracked into Twitter is also not fun. So go check out Raygun. They are definitely going to help you out. There are thousands of customer-centric, customer-focused software companies who use Raygun every day to deliver great experiences for their customers. And if you go to Raygun and use our link, you can get a 14-day free trial. So you can go check that out at adventuresindevopspodcast.com slash Raygun. All right. My bucket was now holding steady, right? And uh, anyway, it was it was pretty amazing. So not very long later, I was over at uh, Tyler Bird's house. Now, Tyler, at the time, he was working for Engine Yard and he, he was doing support for them, but he was very interested in Ruby on Rails. And he was also very interested in DevOps. And he was actually a host on the Adventures in DevOps podcast for a while. And he, uh, you know, we got to be friends. And so we decided to enter into the Rails Rumble, which was this contest where you basically have three days to build a Rails project, right? And then they judge it and you get prizes. And so he and I and a couple of other guys, you know, we got together and we worked on a project, you know, which was fun. You know, we hung out at his house and stuff. And I remember walking out of his house and uh, I was walking to my car and my phone rings. And, you know, this is back when you had the nifty little flip phones. Yeah. Cool stuff. I had, I had one of them. And I answer the phone, and it's this guy, and he immediately starts in Hey, my name's Myron, and I love your Rails Coach podcast. And I'm going, Okay. And, you know, and I'm sitting there going, Oh, this is a little bit strange. But I had put my phone number up on the pot on the website. Right. And I said, Hey, if you have, if you need a Rails expert, call me, right? In the funky font with the cartoon face and the, yeah, uh, bright blue banner. And so he, that that should become a meme somewhere, bright blue banner. Anyway, so he, you know, he's like, well, I've been listening to your show and I have this business idea that I'm trying to build and I really want to pull it together. And so I've been trying to code it myself. The problem is, is that I'm, I don't remember what his full-time thing was, but it wasn't programming right? I've been trying to learn how to program. and I've been listening to your show. And I finally got to the point where I've decided I just need some help from somebody who knows what they're doing. And the other part of what he didn't say was that I was the only person he knew who knew what they were doing, right? Because he'd been watching my videos and listening to my show, right? So he probably knew like Ryan Bates and maybe one or two other people. But they didn't have their phone numbers up on their websites like like I did, right? And so he just called me up, right? And so we talked we talked through the project we got kind of an idea of what he wanted to build and it was this kind of social slash task assignment slash you know there there was there's like a, a formal system for task assignment management that was involved in it that that we were building and it was bright yellow in fact as i say this i'm looking at zoom where i'm recording this and squinting at my screen thinking of that yellow color And it was an interesting idea. And I mean, who knows where it might have wound up eventually, You know, where he might have pivoted it to. But he just called me out of the blue because I had this content on the website. I also had a video series that Eric Berry, when he turned Teach Me to Code over to me, had recorded and it was how to build a Twitter clone in Rails. And I can't tell you how much work that brought in, right? Because people would go in and type in how to blah, blah, blah Rails and that series would come up all the time. And so if they were looking to build anything that even resembled a social network uh, with Ruby on Rails, that series would come up and then I would get a phone call. And what's funny is is that, you know, Eric's voice and his manner of speaking and programming on the videos compared to mine, is very different, very, very different. And so I always thought it was funny that they would, Call up and they'd be like, "Hi Chuck, I love your videos on how to build a Twitter clone with Ruby on Rails, right?" And the intro screen said, "Eric Berry," right on it, you know. And I, I never corrected them, you know. I was like, "Well, I'm glad you like those, you know. I, I probably did mention that Eric made them, right? But never made a big deal out of it because I needed the work, and so." I should tell tell Eric one of these days just how much work that brought in because, I mean, it was a ridiculous amount of work. I mean, just insane. Uh, I got so much work off of that. And I'll tell you about another instance here in a minute. But yeah, you know, so I wind up working with Myron. I think by then the other contract had ended. And so, you know, now I'm working two contracts and getting paid 120, 125 bucks an hour. And, you know, now my bucket is plenty, you know, Full. It's it's full of wine, and so yeah. I mean that that's basically how that stabilized, you know. And then my wife got used to me being home all the time and things like that. You know, there were other benefits that came from that, but that's essentially how that worked. And I'll I'll just go into one more because it's really telling. So of the first four contracts, and so you know th- those were the first three: the e-commerce one, the bold italic, and this social network. Task Manager one, right? The fourth one, the the fourth contract I got, uh, they also called me, right? So, in fact, I don't think I ever. I think I was out there like trolling the the boards trying to find contracts. But of the three contract of those four contracts I found, the three of them, the big three of them, were all people who called me, and the fourth one was uh, one that I heard about from friends, and then underbid. So, so that gives you an idea, right, of of kind of what the deal is. On that is the, the power of the content is is really kind of a big deal. So let me tell you the story. And then I kind of want to go back and just talk about where I was with the audience size. Because I think I mentioned before, it was only a few hundred people. So so yeah, so let's back up and let's talk about that. So this, this other client, and I built the full system for them. I mean, they got the full Monty. It was a Twitter clone, right? It was a Twitter clone, legitimately. So... So what happens is is I get this phone call, right? And it's this guy, and he's this triathlete. And he's like, in fact, I wonder if that website's still up, because this one actually did see the light of day. They completely reskinned it. And yeah. Nope. It's it's not. It's it's taking me to a Heroku login. Anyway, oh, I guess the the domain was pointed to Heroku and they want Heroku to release it. Anyway. So uh, it was zuwire zu wirecom Anyway. So what he wanted was he wanted Twitter, but he wanted Twitter for triathletes specifically, like Ironman athletes. And so what he was looking to do was he wanted people to be able to share their gear. He wanted people to be able to like think like Strava. The difference is is that and and it probably would have eventually incorporated it. And it was before Strava was really even the thing. So he might have been earlier, might have executed poorly. I mean, who knows, right? Because I I eventually you know moved off of that project and and he had other people work on it. But anyway, so what happened there was, yeah, so he calls me up and he's like, Hey, look, I saw your Twitter clone video and I need a developer to build a Twitter clone video on Ruby on Rails. And he had a couple of kids that lived here in Utah. So that was a plus. His brother-in-law also lived here and one is, was one of the original developers on Dentrix, uh, which is the dental management software now owned by Henry Shine Corporation. So he's, you know, he's like, I'm, I'm going to fly out. I can't remember who he's from Ohio. I think I'm going to fly out. I'm going to hang out with my grandkids. Right. And we're going to, you know, I want to meet you. I want to interview you, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so he flies out, takes me and his brother-in-law and his, his son, who also, he had flown out, who was getting ready to go to college out here and his daughter and her kids. And, you know, it was big production. I remember sitting around this big table at Chili's, you know, and just you know, hanging out and talking about what they wanted to build. And, you know, again, they didn't have a whole lot of questions as to whether or not I could do it because they had already seen the video of somebody else doing it that I got credit for, right? And I explained to them, no, I didn't do that video. But I was also able to explain that I had worked on similar products and, you know, done similar things for for other people. And so anyway, it it just, it, it, I mean, it just worked out. It, and, you know, I wound up working for him for a few years and that was basically full time. I mean, it was like 30, 25, 30 hours a week. You know, I was charging him like 150 bucks an hour and yeah, filled my bucket. Right. And I got to the point where I actually hired a subcontractor from Brazil to help me with some stuff till he flaked out and I fired him. But yeah, I mean, it, it was it was pretty awesome, pretty amazing just how that all worked out as far as being able to have work come to me. And what's funny is is as time went on, you know, so just to give you a timeline as far as shows that are currently running on devchat.tv, this all happened that last contract uh, it was probably a few months before we started Ruby Rogue's I think I'd have to go double check. But I mean, all of this, almost all of this was before Ruby Rogues even started. Right. And so my total podcast audience was probably in the hundreds. My screencast audience was also probably in the hundreds. And, you know, it just, it just worked out. I had my phone number on the website and that was all it took. Now, you know, things change. It's been 10 years, but for the most part, if you're putting the content out in front of people and showing them that you can solve their problems, then they will hire you. They won't even look at other people. And that's what it turned out with all these folks is that they weren't even considering other people. They weren't thinking about it. They weren't looking at it. They weren't. I mean, nothing, nothing. They, You know, it was me and they talked to me. They realized they could work with me and that was it. And so, you know, just to give you a real clue, if you have a few hundred people listening to you And you can get a few leads coming in every so often that are going to hire you for a few months at a time to do work that's full-time or what amounts to full-time. You get the idea. You can keep your pipeline full and that will keep your bucket filled. Okay? And so that's what we're talking about here. And the way that I've done that and the way that I've seen a bunch of other people do that is through content. And so if you can put the content out there that, like I said, shows people what they want to see. In this case, it was, um, here's how to get started with programming in the case of Myron. On the bold italic, it was, I showed the recruiter that I was capable and I wasn't going to put his reputation on the line if he referred me over to Gannett. And in the case of uh, the the other folks, you know, ZooWire, it was effectively that I had a video series out there building what they wanted built, right? And so you get the idea that the content was there, right? The content was there, it worked. And so, you know, just by virtue of having the content out there that people were looking for, I got that work. And so you can do that now. You can set up a podcast where you're giving the your customers what they want. You're talking about the problems they have, and you're talking about the solutions that you offer to those problems. And you don't even have to be salesy about it. You just talk about, hey, there's this problem, here's this solution. And a lot of times it's, here's how you can implement the solution on your own or you can hire me and it'll just get done, right? And a lot of times that's all they're looking for, right? They get to the point where they're just like, I just need this done. I just need it done. I need it done right. I need it done well. And it doesn't matter how much it costs at this point, right? And so by virtue of that, they hire you. Congratulations. Hey folks! If you love this podcast and would like to support the show, or if you wish you could listen without the sponsorship messages, then you're in luck. We're setting up new premium podcast feeds where you can get all of the episodes released after Christmas 2020 without the ads. Signing up will help us pay for editing and production, and you can go sign up at devchat.tv/slash premium. So, the, and that's what it worked for me over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? And so I was freelance for six years until I finally went full-time podcasts. And that's another story. So I'm just going to jump in and I'm just going to talk about this stuff, right? And and people want to know kind of my story anyway. And so if you're interested in, you know, what the story has been through the podcasts and where I came from and all that stuff, you're going to get it here. Uh, the other thing though, is that if you're also looking for ideas on how you can extend your career, right? So Uh, You know, how can I become a speaker? How can I become a this? How can I become a that? How can I expand my career to this, that, or the other? Uh, I'm going to talk about a lot of that here, but I'm going to be talking about it from my own experience. If you want focused, hey, Chuck, this is where I'm at. What do I do next? That's what the Dev Heroes Accelerator is, right? It's me sitting down and saying, okay, if you want this, then this is the step, right? This is the next stage that you need to go to in order to get what you want, okay? Okay. And there's going to be a fair bit of what do you want, right? And so I'll help you figure that out too, if you're not sure. But at the end of the day, that's what we're looking at. That's what we're doing is we're going to sit down. We're going to figure out what you want. And we're going to figure out how to get you there. And we'll, we'll just work through the process because it is, it's a process. And I know the process. I kind of figured it out the hard way. And so if you don't want to do it the hard way, then, you know, yeah, let's let's have a conversation. Um, just go to devchat.tv hero. You can check it out there. Right now, it's a form. It's a Google form. Um, And so just ask you a bunch of questions. And mostly it's for me to figure out kind of how I can best help you, right? And so just fill it in. And then I'll get back to you and we'll schedule a strategic call. Uh, That's kind of what I do is if I think I can help you, I'll schedule a strategic call with you for an hour. And we'll start with where are you at? Where are you trying to get to? And how do we get you there? If it's not a good fit, then I'm still happy to help people. It's just usually not an hour of my time during the week, right? We might do a a 30-minute call or a 15-minute call or I I may exchange some emails with you, you know, depending on how I can help you the best I can with the resources that I have. Um, you know, I, I dedicate the the hour-long calls to people that I think I can make the most difference for, but that also, you know, are going to join the accelerator and that I can really just, you know, knock it out of the park for. So that's what I'm looking at. Devchat.tv slash hero is where you get that stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm also going to though, I I have some people ask me some other questions about some of this stuff. If you have specific questions about freelancing, we have the freelancer show. I'm trying to reboot that. If you uh, have questions about podcasting, let me know. And yeah, I'm happy to help. But for the rest of it, devchat.tv slash hero. And thanks, have a good one. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit cachefly.com to learn more.